Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Wolves versus Liverpool game this coming Friday evening down at Wolverhampton on tonight's show. With us once again for Liverpool, we have Jay Riley. Jay is a regular for the Radio City Fan Friday talk show, does some writing for the Liverpool Echo, and um, also with us on the Cop Table now on a regular basis. How are you feeling, Jay? Yeah, not too bad, you know, looking forward to the game after uh, such a great result against Manchester United, so let's hope we can get another three points on Friday and be top of the table at Christmas time. Great stuff, and joining us representing Wolves tonight, we have Dave Azapardi, he's a representative from the Talking Wolves YouTube channel, and also a Wolves regular fan, so welcome to the show for the first time to you, Dave, how are you, pal? Thanks, lad. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. And uh, great to be on as well. You're more than welcome. We're going to start off with you, with yourself, Dave, while Wolves are the, the home side this um, this coming Friday. going to talk a little bit about the start of the season that, that Wolves has made. Obviously, seventh place in the Premier League now. Yeah. Had a good start then. It's a little bit of a bit of a rocky patch, didn't he? Where they they drew and lost a few games, but there's been an upturn in, in form recently. But what's what's your thoughts on on the start? To the season that Wolves have made, please, Dave. Yeah, well, uh, for me, I'm I'm very happy with how it's how it started. To be honest, you know, our first season back in the Premier League, almost halfway gone now, and obviously to be seventh in the seventh in the league, um, I'm extremely happy. I know there were whispers of a few Wolves fans that wanted Europe first season back due to the mm-hmm. amount of signings and money that we'd spent, but I thought for us, realistically, uh, first year back, if we could get a mid-table finish, I'd be more than happy with that. But yeah, you're right. We started off well. Um, historically, Wolves have never done well in November over the last few years. And we had a really, really poor month. I think we went like six or seven without a win. Uh, but luckily this month, um, you know, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Newcastle, got a win against Bournemouth as well. So we're unbeaten so far with three wins this month, which is great. And obviously up to seventh now, breathing down the neck of uh, United, which is uh, always good. And obviously now uh, Mourinho's gone. Um yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and after them them games that, that 
Wolves had lost her. Seeing the little interview with the manager on the on a on an after match um, interview, and he was saying they need to get back to the training ground. He, he didn't look too happy. Um, so what's changed since then? Then run a poor results. What's altered in the? Uh, has he altered his tactics? What's changed to um, have this upturn in form? Well, it, it's a strange one, really, because. Um... Nuno has always played, you know, from the start of the championship season um, to the end of the championship season. He only, he only ever played one style and one tactic. And he came into the Premier League season, wanted to do the exact same. Um, and obviously we sort of came midway of this rocky patch that we were having and it was the exact same style. Uh, and the thing was, we weren't getting outplayed by, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. We were playing good football and it was just that we weren't scoring goals, really. Um, but the, the slight tweak that he's made, there were a lot of people calling for a three-man f- midfield because we were playing with a two-man midfield. And then when we were coming up against the likes of Huddersfield, Cardiff and Watford, where they've got the big midfielders, we were struggling to play football. Um, and, and all he's done now is just slightly tweaked it. So instead of having a front three, he's sort of got a false nine in the middle. So someone that plays forward, but also drops into the middle of the three as well. So when we're defending, it's like we're playing a a 5-3-2, but when we're attacking, it's like we're playing a 3-4-3, a, a basically. So it's it's clever the little change he's done, but it's really, really worked. And the lad he's brought in, Morgan Gibbs-White, who's, what, like 18 years of age, he bossed Chelsea, and he's done really, really well since coming in for regular minutes as well. Thanks very much, Dave. Jay, going to head over to you now. We're going to talk a little bit about the the Manchester United game. We've come away with a with a 3-1 Victory, 64% possession, 36 shots on target. Shakiri with a, another great performance off the bench. But give us your views on the on the game from Sunday, please, Jay. Yeah, when the team came out, I was a little bit surprised, really, with uh, the inclusion of Klein, especially at right-back, because he'd only just returned to training on, I think it was the Thursday, and being out for a couple of weeks. So I was fully expecting James Milner to be, to be right-back, and he wasn't even in the squads. I mean... When he went down in the midweek game against Napoli, it just appeared to be cramp. But, I mean, it must have been a little bit more serious than that because he wasn't available for the game. But that was a little bit of a surprise, really. But, you know, obviously, you're looking at United's team and it was a bit of a mishmash, wasn't it, really? Some of the, the selections that Mourinho chose for, for United. So you, you didn't really know what you were going to get from them, really. But, you know, we went into the game, obviously, big favourites and confidence, but Liverpool hadn't beaten Manchester United in the Premier League for four years, which is quite remarkable, really, because in all that time, under Jürgen Klopp, Liverpool have been quite a good side, and, and Manchester United have not been great, have they not been anything special anyway? Certainly not a throwback to the Ferguson days. So, you know, for Liverpool to be four years without a, a victory against United, it was a bit alarming, wasn't it? So... Even though we were going into the game as favourites, you still had that little bit of trepidation that United a little bit of a bogey team to Liverpool. So anyway, as we got into the match, I thought Liverpool started very quickly and you know, we, it was clear that Liverpool were in control. We were very dominant in the game. Um, and then obviously we got our awards, didn't we? Fantastic ball by Fabinho, who, who I thought was, was tremendous. It was his best performance in Liverpool shirt and he was man of the match for me. A fantastic ball over the top and there he was, man, a great touch, and he slotted it home and made it all the sweeter because I had him first goal as well, so I got me bet up. And then, um, like I say, United, we let United back in it then, didn't we? I mean, it was poor goalkeeping by Alisson, but I suppose we'll let him have that one, won't we, because he's been fantastic for most of the season. But, 
you know, it's it's as you look, really, isn't it? He sort of like misjudged it, didn't he? It bounced from him. It could have felt to Van Dijk. It could have felt to Lovren, but it fell into the path of Jesse Lingard and he slotted it home for 1-1. One, one, and it went a little bit flat then, I thought, for five or ten minutes because I think it seemed to knock the stuff out of us because Liverpool were dominant at that stage and, you know, maybe we could have been a couple of goals ahead, really, and just frustrating that they got back into the game and, you know, got to half time and you, you're wondering if it was just going to do it to us again, like a little bit of a, a hoodoo that they've got over us where we just can't seem to beat them. And, you know, so it proved a little bit in the second half as well because I, th- I thought at times Liverpool resorted to long range efforts. I mean, Van Dijk, Lovren, Klein, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, they all had pot shots from long range and, you know, it, it was starting to, to wind me up a little bit. It was getting a bit frustrating and, Klopp made the change, didn't he? Brought Shaqiri on and then, you know, he's a little magician, isn't he? As we all know. I mean, I don't think Klopp 100% trusts him yet to start in the games week in, week out. He does choose to, to use him off the bench quite a bit. But, you know, we all know what he's capable of. And, you know, he came on and, and was the match winner, wasn't he? He scored two goals. I mean, yeah, OK. There was an element of, um, you know, fortune in both of them because he took deflections, didn't he? But... When you have 36 efforts a goal, you know, on that ratio, you, you would expect to score a few goals, wouldn't you? And, you know, Liverpool were, were more than worthy of the three points. I thought Manchester United were very poor, really. Um, you know, they've been poor most of the season. And that's a reflection in the league table, isn't it? Because obviously Liverpool are at the top of the table now, 19 points clear of Manchester United. And, you know, that's no, make no mistake, that, that is the true reflection of the two sides at this moment in time. I thought Liverpool were by far the better team and you know the three points we were worthy worthy winners on the on the on the night. Yeah and you spoke about a few of the, the standout performers there obviously you spoke about Fabino. Shakiri came off the bench and, and put an excellent performance. Like you say Van Dyke um also put in another steady strong performance. Andrew Robertson at left back didn't stop did he the clients come in for his for his first game and I don't know how long and he's hit the ground running. But which of these players was the standout player for you, please, Jay? Well, yeah, I mean, I do think Klein, you know, you've got to consider he's only played one or two games this season for us. So I thought he'd done really well considering, you know, it's not easy, is it, coming out from, you know, in from the cold and all that and, and performance to the levels that he did do. I mean, I thought he was very good, you know, getting up and down, really. One criticism I have of Klein is he's, he's normally a steady Eddie defensively, but... He's not great. He doesn't give you much going forward, but he actually did get involved quite a bit, I thought, on Sunday. Um, as you say, Van Dijk, again, Marshall the back line really well. Andy Robertson's fantastic, isn't he? Up and down like a Jorashell bunny. He's a great defender. He's also like a winger, really, as well. You know, he's very quick. He covers a lot of ground. He links with all the forward players. He's just a superb footballer, isn't he? And But, but as I said before, I thought Fabinho was, was fantastic, really. He got the assist for Mane's goal, the first goal, the opener. And then I just thought he bossed the midfield. He controlled the game. It was a fantastic performance. I mean, I criticised him earlier on in the season for his, his performance at the Emirates when we played away to Arsenal. He looked like a, a fish out of water, really. He was awful in that game. It seemed to pass him by and he looked really sluggish, really slow. But I just think now he's acclimatised to the club and he's acclimatised to Jürgen Klopp's tactics and his style and the, and the Premier League itself. And, you know, this is what happens with Klopp. I mean, 
he'd done it. You seen it last season. Andy Robertson didn't really get much of a sniff until December time, and then he went from strength to strength when he got his opportunity. And the rest history is the best left back in the Premier League now. Um, similar with Oxley Chamberlain, he didn't really get much of a sniff early part of last season when he got his chance in January. He didn't look back really until he got his injury in the Champions League semi-final against Roma when he got injured. So you know that's what happens. You know you're integrated into the squad, into into the club. You you learn the Jurgen Klopp way, and then a couple of months down the line, all of a sudden we 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 see the benefits of it. And I think that's what we're seeing now with Fabinho because I do think he was tremendous on Sunday by far and away that the best player on the park for me and certainly man of the match. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Jay. Right then, uh, back over to you then. Dave, we're just going to talk a little bit about the, the summer signings that was, was brought in by Wolves. Um, just having a little look through them today, it seems like they brought it was like eight permanent signings and, and three loan players in. The likes of uh, Moutinho, some high-profile signings, Patricio, the goalkeeper, um, Jimenez loaned in from Benfica. But which of these uh, signings has impressed you the most, please? Um... It's difficult to say because they've all had highs and lows already this season. Um, but Jimenez has definitely impressed us. I think we, like at Wolves fans, were very disappointed at the end of the transfer window that we hadn't brought in another striker or another high-profile forward. But I've, I've said it. I've said it to a lot of people, and the fact that the way Wolves play, we have we play with three forwards or sort of a striker and and two sort of inside forwards wingers that Nuno is looking for three of those players to grab 10, 15 goals rather than us to rely on a 25, 30 goal a season forward. Uh, because I saw people on Twitter in the summer saying, we need this 25 goal a season striker. But, you know, I think only sort of three or four players hit that last season in the Premier League and they're the best players in the world, you know what I mean? So um, I think he's right with how we play and Jimenez has come in. Um, for one, I don't think we would have brought another striker in anyway because he came to Wolves for first-team football. Uh, he wouldn't have signed to Wolves unless if, if we were going to bring in another striker and he was going to sit on the bench again. Uh, but he's done really, really well. Um, and as the season's gone, he's got stronger and better. He's holding the ball up. Um, you know, there's been one or two games where, you know, he, he's scared to pull the trigger. But when he has, for example, the Chelsea game, he got a little bit lucky where Kepa was unaware of the shot and, you know, it goes into the back of the net. Um, and when you try your luck, you've got to as a forward. When you try your luck, you're, you're going to score goals. So he's contributed a lot. I think it's five goals, five five assists. Uh, and for sort of like a mid-table quality club in my eyes, that's not a bad return at the moment. Um, Moutinho as well. Uh, he's doing OK. As I said, at times when we're playing these teams with the bigger midfields, he is isolated a lot. Um, a lot of that tempo and play comes from Neves and Moutinho. They're two very, very similar players. And when... Any team stops them playing, that's when Wolves struggle. Um, you know, when it's come to a point there a couple of weeks ago, Matinho was even benched for a game. Um, but I'd assume right. he'll be, yeah, he'll be back in the lineup for for the Liverpool game. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I said, it, you know, in in summer you'd never dream of thinking about putting Matinho on the bench in the, in his current Wolves team. So um, yeah, Patricio in goal. He's made some very very good saves. He's not really. He's maybe maybe made one mistake all season, which was against Cardiff, where he sort of half came out for the ball and should have claimed it and didn't. But other than that, he's not dropped any other massive clangers really. So those three are sort of the standouts at the moment. Um, a couple of other players that we brought in, obviously Den Donker on loan, which was quite highly uh, touted across Europe. 
he struggled to get a sniff this season at all, which is a bit strange. Um, he's played one, well, he's barely played. He played about 10 minutes in the Chelsea game, but that's the only time we've seen him in the Premier League, which is a bit worrying. Um, he's on loan at the moment, but we've got an obligation to buy next summer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Adama Traore as well, who we spent a lot of money on. £18 million for a player, um, obviously from the Championship. Um, uh, there were a lot of fans that didn't really want him due to his end product. And it's sort of showing at the moment. He's he's uh, he's really he's really struggling to get going in a Wolf shirt at the moment. He's very inconsistent and... Uh, I think he's grabbed one goal, but yeah, he's he's all pace and, and no end product really at the moment. But as a whole, the ch- signings, ever since Nuno's come in, or, you know, he, probably 80, 90% of the players have been good players, good signings, have definitely improved the team. Um, and obviously the others didn't really last last long, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Adama Traore, because I know a lot of Premier League fans watch him because of his pace and stuff, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he's shipped out in January on, on loan or something like that. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for your uh, um, your insight into the transfer yes. signings for Wolves uh, that was made in the summer. Right then, Jay, we're just going to move on from the, the Manchester United game. On the Monday, we had the Champions League draw. We've been drawn against uh, Bayern Munich, home leg first. Van Dijk's going to miss the first leg. And then, obviously, we're going to the Allianz Arena for the second leg. What was your reaction to this draw, please, Jay? Yeah, quite happy with it, really. I mean, we were always going to get a tricky tie, weren't we, because we come second in our group. And I think the easiest tie we could have got would have been Porto again, like last season. But, you know, it wasn't to be. And um, we take on anyone, really. This Liverpool team's fearless. We play anyone. I mean, look at the group we've just had. You know, we I know we lost all the away games to Paris Saint-Germain, Napoli and Red Star Belgrade. But, you know, we beat Paris Saint-Germain at home, beat Napoli at home. So, you know, the way I see it, you know, it doesn't really matter who we would have got in, in the next round. I think there's not really any standout teams in the Champions League this season. I think, if anything, you, you'd argue maybe Manchester City. But, you know, I, I just think that Bayern Munich, it, it's it's a team that we haven't played for such a long time in Europe. And, you know, it's something to look forward to. And you'd imagine there'll be plenty of goals in, in both ties, really. And, you know, Bayern Munich have been fantastic, haven't they, in the Bundesliga and the last decade, really, and also in the Champions League, they've been to a few finals and won it, haven't they, as well? So, you know, it's it, it's a bit of a glamour tie, isn't it? And this season, they've struggled a little bit. You know, they haven't been up to the, the usual standards, really, and I think they're about... They might even be about nine points, I think it is, behind this year Dortmund. Actually, this season, Dortmund have had a great start, and, you know, they, they still got through the group, though. They still, they still topped the group, didn't they? So... You know, from that aspect of it, they're still good in Europe. They've still got very good players and you can't be underestimated. But I just think with this Liverpool team, we're quite fearless, aren't we? I mean, you know, any team coming to Anfield is going to struggle, really. And, you know, the Anfield crowd, it's just like an, like a 12th man, really. So, you know, we, we, we take it on all comers. It doesn't really bother me who, who we would have gotten in, in this in this round, to be honest. And it's just something to look forward to and can put it to bed now, can't we, until February time? Yeah, plenty of time between now and then games and uh, plenty of football to fit in between now and then as well. So, back over to you then, um, Dave, looking t- towards this game on, on Friday evening. How do you think uh, 
your manager Nuno Espirito Santo was going to approach this game tactically? Is he going to come in? Is he going to come and have a go at Liverpool? Is he going to use the wingers, or do you think he's going to play it a little bit more more careful and and throw a few men behind the ball? What's your opinion on his um, approach to this game, please, Dave? Uh, I, th- I think how we'll play is how we played. And how we've got points, obviously, against the likes of City, United and, and Chelsea and Arsenal as well. It's just that we will invite a lot of pressure from Liverpool um, and then get try try and get you on counter-attack. The only concern I've got with that is that at the moment, Liverpool are like the team to stop at the moment because of the, the amount of goals they're scoring and how quick. Uh, you know, I was looking at your results. You know, you're not, you're not just beating teams. You're beating teams comfortably and by a number of goals. So... That's the only thing Wolves have got to be cautious of. Uh, as I say, we'll invite pressure from Liverpool and try and get you on the counter-attack. Sort of similar to how, I know um, it was under a different manager, but sort of similar to how Wolves uh, beat Liverpool a few years ago in the, well, i say a few years ago, the start of last year in the FA Cup. Uh, we sat so deep and then just tried to launch a counter-attack. And to be fair, we did, even did it against Bournemouth because Bournemouth were trying to keep the ball against us. We just allowed them to keep the ball. And as soon as we won it, we went, we went and attacked really quick up the pitch. So... Yeah, we'll use the wings. We'll use our wing backs um, to create that. Um, obviously, he's trying to spread the play with Neves and Matinho. But yeah, we will, as I say, we'll um, we'll invite the pressure, but obviously hope for for goals via counter attack. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Dave. Right, Jake, over back over to yourself. We're gonna have a little look at the the Liverpool lineup. Do you think? How do you see Klopp going with this one? Do you think Klein's gonna keep his place? And um, we've also got the the midfield. Uh, players such as Henderson and Milner who sat out the game against United. Um, Shakiri also pushing now for a starting place after his um, after his performance. How do you see Klopp lining up in in this game, please, Jay? Yeah, I think he'll make a few changes. You know, obviously we've got quite a lot of games coming up now, thick and fast over the festive period. So I do see a few changes. It will be interesting to see whether Klein does keep his place because. As I said before, he's not really featured much this season. So maybe Klopp will look at it and think, well, it might be a little bit too much to play two games in the space of, what, five days, is it? So maybe Milner might come in at right back. But I suppose you would suggest that, you know, the more natural fullback should really keep his place, shouldn't he? Um, it's interesting there what the Wolves lads just said about uh, them soaking up a little bit of pressure. So... If that's the case, then maybe he will go with Klein, but you know they probably will with use the width quite a bit though. So it's an interesting one. But like I say, I think Milner, if he's ready and available, he should come back into the side. But then there's also the shout that Jordan Henderson might come back into the side as well because you know at the, at the end of the day he is club captain and he was on the bench against Manchester United and he started mm. the game against Napoli. And I did say last week on the podcast I didn't think he'd start against United purely because. He decides to manage him, like game management with Henderson. He can't really play two games in a week. So maybe now, because he's had a little bit of rest against United, because he only came on, didn't he, in the second half late on, maybe he will start the game. But, I mean, from my point of view, I think you've got to keep on playing Fabinho now because he does yeah. look like he's in, he's finding his feet. And he, he was man of the match against United, as I said before. So there's no reason, in my opinion, why he shouldn't start the game now. You know the front three should should all start as well, but it's interesting to see whether or not Shakiri will get brought into the midfield area. And, and and to be honest, I think he will do. So Liverpool might go to the four-two-three-one system, and so it'd be interesting to see who the midfield two are because 
as I've just said there, Henderson's obviously vying for a place for the starting berth. James Milner's also there. Jeannie Van Alden's had a very good season so far. And then you've got Fabinho as well. So, you know, it is interesting to see what he goes with, Klopp. Um, I think you know, the rest of them pick themselves, don't they, in the sense that it's going to have to be Van Dijk, it's going to have to be Dejan Lovren, and, and you would say Andy Robertson at left-back as well. So you know, the dilemmas are who plays at right-back and then the system the system change, whether it's a 4-2-3-1 or he goes with a 4-3-3. But as we keep on saying time and time again now on these podcasts, it's very difficult to second-guess Jürgen Klopp, isn't it? Liverpool have got strength in depth now. They've got a much better squad than we've had all the times in other previous seasons. So, you know, it's anyone's guess, really, who he's going to go with. But for me, I think he might go to a 4-2-3-1 system for this game. Yeah, and one player I'd just like to ask you about, Jay, from um, from Sunday's performance, really, is Naby Keita. He's... He's not had the the best of start, shall we say, to his, his Liverpool career. He's he had a couple of good games against Burnley and, and Bournemouth, but obviously he had this stop start with his injuries. And to me, he just looked like the Liverpool, the only Liverpool player who, who was off the pace in that game against Manchester United, and he was replaced early on in the second half by Shakiri. Um, do you see him dropping to the bench for this game? And um, what did you make of his performance on Sunday? Yeah, I think I've been very disappointed so far with, with Keita because he came with a big reputation and I, and I was even saying myself, I think he's going to take the Premier League by storm and it just hasn't really happened that way, has it? He's took a, a long time to settle and adapt and even more so you probably say than Fabinho. But that said, he did perform well against Burnley away, did perform well against Bournemouth away. Um, you know, he's come on a few times in games and couple of cameo appearances, cameo roles, he's done quite well. But against United, I thought he was a little bit flat. He probably was our worst performer on the day. And, you know, contrasting really compared to what Fabinho was because he was our man of the match for me. But, um, yeah, I, I think I probably would take him out the firing line for this game. I think it's a, a game for me where I would be starting Shaqiri in a more advanced midfield role or, or coming in from the right-hand side. If you play a 4-2-3-1, he tends to play him on the right and Salah goes up top and Firmino drops deep. But what I always find with that Liverpool, either the front three or the front four, if you like, when Shaqiri's in the team, they're all interchangeable because Shaqiri, as we've seen with his goals against Manchester United, certainly the second goal, it was from more of a central position. He started the ball rolling. It was like a little bit of a one-two, really, wasn't it? And they came back to him into his path centrally and he slotted it, took a deflection and went in. So he's quite comfortable coming inside as well as being on the right-hand side. So he can all interchange, can't he? Because Firmino can drop deep. He likes to pull out wide. And also we know that he's, he, he, is a, he is a number nine, really, isn't he? And Salah also can pull out wide. He can drop deep. And he's been used quite a lot down the middle too. So... You know, they are interchangeable and that's it's quite good really in a way because the defenders that they're coming up against don't know whether they're coming or going, do they really when Liverpool like three or four players are running in various different positions. I mean, I, I noticed as well in the first half against Manchester United, Sadio Mane seemed to be playing as a right midfield player, didn't he? He he changed the system round a little bit, but at the start of the game he was playing like more of a right midfield player. So again he's another one that can interchange. So all four of them front players can rotate and go into various different positions, can't they? So, you know, like I say, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, you're looking at it now thinking, 
cater with he, he needs games, doesn't he? But the facts are Liverpool have got four or five midfield players to select from. And if we're playing a four, two, three, one system or a four, three, three, it's difficult, isn't it? So, you know, you're gonna have one or two that are missing out. And unfortunately, because Fabinho's playing really well and why Naldum's had quite a good season, you would say that Cater's the one that's gonna have to miss out in quite a few games. And it's difficult for him then, isn't it, to get the, the momentum, to build a momentum to get a run of games because you know, he's in and out the side a lot. But I think out of the two of them, for me, I'd be giving Fabinho the games now because he's the one that looks like he's found his feet quicker than what Cater has. Yeah, certainly going to be um, interesting to see how Jurgen Klopp lines the Liverpool side up on, on Friday evening. But similar one for you, Dave, taking into account any injuries and or suspensions. How do you see Wolves... Um, Lining up for this one. What's your predicted starting eleven, please? Um, so yeah, they'll be starting the same sort of um, style and tactic that I uh, spoke about earlier. But I'd imagine, obviously, Patricio in goal. Um, can't really see him ever being dropped unless he has a an injury or a, a patch of really bad games. Um, so yeah, I'd go Patricio in goal. Back three, I'd assume he's going to be the same as well. Willy Bolly uh, at left centre back. Um, Right centre back is Ryan Bennett, and obviously ex Liverpool man Connor Cody in the middle of those three playing as like the sweeper. Um, big game obviously for for Cody. Um, I know he's one booking away from a suspension, so I think he tried really hard last Saturday not to to get a booking. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it, those three will play. Um, the two wing backs I'd assume will be Doherty at right wing back, um, and Johnny Otto left wing back. And Johnny Otto has only just come back from an injury. Um, they thought he wouldn't feature until the new year and then he uh, dramatically just started last game. So I would imagine he's not going to get dropped. I'd imagine he'd start again, which is a little bit harsh on um, young Portuguese lad Ruben Vinagre, who'd been playing there the last few weeks, who offered quite a lot going forward. But yeah, back five uh, is that. Uh, the midfield two, I'd assume, is going to be Neves and Martinho again. Um, I think it actually works better against the bigger teams because... Uh, believe it or not, I think the bigger teams give us a little bit more, a little bit more time on the ball in the middle, um, and then, well, it depends. Obviously, with Liverpool, we've had a press and so on. If if that's going to be the case, mm. um, and then the front three, um, Morgan Gibbs White, the youngster through the middle, and then the other two forwards as a Raúl Jiménez, and I would say normally Diogo Jota, who's um, last few games have been fantastic, but he did come off with an injury against Bournemouth, so. Um, if it's not Jota, I'd assume it'll be uh, Cavalero who scored the second goal against Southampton. So yeah, that's gonna gonna be my uh, predicted eleven for the for the Liverpool game. Brilliant, thanks very much then, Dave. <clears throat> right, okay then, lads. Before I, I introduce the the music from the band that's been in in touch with us this week, we're just gonna get our our score predictions and our reasons out the way. So home side first, then Dave Wolves. Yeah. What's um, your score prediction and your your reasons for them, please? Right. So uh, I have uh, been asked a few times, so I'm going to stick to the same one. I'm not going to change it. I have gone with a 1-1, one, one, um, only because for one, you know, I'm going to back my I'm going to back my own team. Two, we've been on all right form at the moment, mm. um, and, and we've been picking up points against the big sides, especially at home as well. Molyneux um, is a He's, he's a fortress for us. Um, you know, we only lost uh, once or twice there last year. 
Um, we've lost, we have lost a couple of times there this year, but for the big teams, we've made it very, very difficult. The atmosphere is always electric. So I'm going to back us to get something. Obviously, we've just been on a good run, but I don't think Liverpool will lose. Uh, I can't see us ending that unbeaten run. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 1-1. And I also said Firmino, first goal scorer. Thanks, Dave. OK, then, Jay, uh, same one for you, please. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be a tricky game. I mean, you know, Wolves out on well in, in the big games this season. I mean, I remember watching them on the opening day against Everton and I thought they were quite poor, to be honest. And then, obviously, Everton went down to 10 men and they ended up getting a 2-2 draw out the game. But to be honest with you, I mean, I just think you look at it, they got a point against City, they beat Chelsea, they, they drew against uh, Arsenal at the Emirates. So they're, they're clearly no mugs. I know they've lost a couple of games at home this season. I think they, they, they lose to Watford and Huddersfield. So, you know, I mean, obviously Liverpool, we, we should win the game. But I don't know. I mean, it, it is a tricky one for me. But I, I go back to the Bournemouth game and I think we were all expecting that to be quite tough because obviously Bournemouth have been in decent form and they had good home record and what have you this season. He'd started the season quite well. And Liverpool put them to the sword and won 4-0. And someone said to me just before the game, this is not a game that Liverpool should be fearing, pure and simply because they play football with you. They're not going to kick you off the park. They're going to play football with us. Mm-hmm. And so it proved. And I think similar might could be the case against Wolves. I mean, you know, Wolves are not going to kick us off the park. Either. They've got footballers in their side and, no, they're not a bad team to watch. They do play good football. So, I mean, it's interesting what the lads were saying there about that they'll soak up pressure against us. That's quite interesting. I mean, Liverpool probably, you know, you would imagine would have more of the ball. But I do think it'll be a good game of football. But I've got to back Liverpool to get the three points. I mean, I think we might just have a little bit too much for them. You know, it's interesting we're coming up against one of our old young kids that we had there, uh, Connor Cody. He's the club captain, isn't he, at Wolves, I think. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's done well for himself there, you know, made a career for himself and he's been in the lower leagues and all of a sudden now he's in the Premier League in the big time and he's he's facing his boyhood club and stuff. So, you know, it's going to be great for him. It's going to be interesting as well to see how he handles the likes of Firmino and Salad And he's a bit of a no-nonsense centre-half. People have likened him to a Jamie Carragher, really. So it will be interesting to see how he does. But I just think Liverpool might have a little bit too much for Wolves and, you know, hopefully we'll get a victory. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool win and that'll send us four points clear and then we'll be guaranteed to be top on Christmas Day. Great stuff. Yeah, my uh, my thoughts on the game. Yeah, similar to what, what Jay's saying there. I think Liverpool will have uh, the majority of the possession in this game. Like you say, I think the front three of Salafa, uh, Firmino and Mane will probably just have that, that little bit too much of a presence, too much of... Um, pace and power for, for the Wolves defence to handle really I know they've, they've played against these other big sides and, and come away with things but I just think this this Liverpool team that, like Klopp said and we said on previous podcasts they're taking one game at a time they've had since Sunday they've had near enough a full week's um, rest which is it's not usual for us we, we used to playing in midweek as well so we've had that little bit of an extra period to get a little bit more rest and I think they'll be fresh for the Friday night game um, and I'm going to go with a 2-0 Liverpool victory for, for this one at Molyneux on on Friday Right, okay then lads, just before we go, I'm going to introduce the the band that I'm going to play for you tonight These lads have been in touch with us from the, the Grimsby area of uh, the UK, 
they have a, a website. They are that's called wearejustmint.com. The band are called Mint, and the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called Wonderland.
And that song was called Wonderland from Mint. Thanks very much for the lads for getting in touch with us this week. Okay, so thanks very much to Jay Riley and um, and Dave, our Wolves guest this week, for joining us. Thanks a lot, lads. No worries, thank you. All the best, lads. Enjoy the game. Yeah, and we will be back with our Arsenal preview later on um, towards that game. Just like to say big thanks again to the At Liverpool online Facebook and Twitter page for their association with us this um, this season. Uh, and also congratulations to Paul Bentley and Lee Butler for their, their charity boxing fight. I believe it all went really well on, on Friday night, part of the No More Knives campaign that we've... Um, that we're fully behind with the lads now. So podcast is out on Friday. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69 or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.